when I was when I was smoking cocaine, I didn't miss a night. You know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, every single night of the week. It wasn't like I said, well, I don't have any money. It's Wednesday night. I think I'll take a night off. No, no. I, the power of the mind, because I needed that. You know, I didn't admit I needed it, but I, I needed it. I figured out a way to get money. I did a lot of things I wasn't proud of. I, you know, burglarized houses. I did all kinds of different things. There was no way I was not getting high. Hi, this is Sosin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any struggle in life, anxiety, depression, confidence issues, issues at home and your relationship, whatever it is. I have interviewed almost 60 people from around the world on what they have gone through as a teenage kid, how they overcame adversity, and how you can too. I came up with a, a, a fun personality quiz. It's called What's My Resiliency Type? High School Sports Edition. It's crazy because I got uh, long distance running as my high school sports edition, even though I did long distance running and I love long distance running. So that, that was pretty awesome. But if you want a, a quick and easy, fun quiz that you want to take, should only take 30 seconds, it's 10 questions long. And you want to see how, what's your resiliency type, how you can overcome struggles in your life based off of a high school sport. I have the link in the description. So after this podcast interview, go ahead and take that quiz. Today's podcast guest is John Malat. John is a successful entrepreneur. He has built multiple million dollar businesses. You look at his life, you might feel jealous. You would think, wow, he has a beautiful family. He has successful companies. He has everything he wants. He travels the world. He speaks around the country. But guess what? His high school years, he was lost. He was arrested multiple times. He dropped out of high school. His sister died from heroin overdose. He suffered from drug addiction. He even got a heart attack at 17 years old from too much cocaine. But enough was enough. He eventually turned his life around, found a couple of mentors, worked extremely hard to build successful businesses. So give it up for John Malat on how you as a teenager can turn your life around and become successful. Hey, John. So you, you have such a phenomenal story. You dropped out of high school. Uh, you were addicted to drugs. Um, you went, to, you got arrested, you were broke up until 30 years old. Everyone, everyone I have interviewed has had some type of story, some type of background that kind of got them on this track. What started that for you? Man, <laughs> well, it really, it was these, these redefining moments in my life. You know, 15 years old was my first felony arrest. You know, I robbed the movie theater at gunpoint at uh, at 15 years old and that that began a, a series of incarceration you know spent uh, a lot of my teenage years locked in a juvenile detention facility uh getting out you know what we now know today is the crack epidemic we didn't we didn't call it crack back then we were free basing cocaine and today you know it as you know turning cocaine into rocks which is crack um and and i wanted to be a capitalist so bad so i attempted the drug dealing game but I didn't get the memo, don't get high on your own supply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't long. By 17, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine. And then that led to another. There were some incidents around that that put me in a drug rehabilitation facility 
that I was, I couldn't leave. I was locked in, but it was in that drug rehabilitation facility where the shift really began because there was a, a former motorcycle outlaw gang member by the name of Dave. Dave was a counselor there and, and Dave saw more of me than I saw myself. And Dave was the first guy to really like, uh, give me, give me the, like, like the resources. And he gave me the, the encouragement and he, and he, he planted the seed that there was a better way for me. Cause I didn't think there was a way out of my circumstance, out of my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. and, and I was always making excuses. I was always mad at, at everything. But Dave was the first guy who gave me the book, how to win friends and influence people. And that was the that first book, seed. Yeah. man, that, that, that was the big, that really was the beginning. Now things didn't happen, you know, as fast as I would like them to. Uh, and then the last, my last felony arrest, I was 20, 24 years old. And, and it was sitting in the Milwaukee County jail on the bullpen floor, uh, frustrated 1992, 93, July 4th weekend. And I sat on that bullpen floor. I had stitches in my head because uh, I had altercation with the police uh, that, during this whole thing. And I made a decision there that I would never, I would never, 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 never live this way again. I have a daughter now at this point. Uh, and two things kept replaying over and over as I sat on that floor. Uh, and I now have it tattooed on my body. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Uh -huh. And here I am, 24 years old. I can't even take care of the one kid I have, much less children's children. And I was, I, I was just behind on life. And it was time to, time to make those decisions. So it was those three defining moments, 15, 17, and then 24, when I started to put all this stuff together and I made a decision because Dave told me, he said, entrepreneurship is your way out. Because I wasn't, I wasn't built for football. Or I wasn't tall enough for basketball. Sports wasn't going to be the thing. But he planted the seeds that entrepreneurship would be my way out. And that's, I went on this mission, man, that that, that was going to be the thing that freed me. So from 24 to 30, that was all I did. I, I Everything I eat breathed, lived. How do I build a business? I read every book about every great entrepreneur I fought. You know, back then we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have access. Like you're giving people access. To, <laughs> you're shortening yeah. the curve for people, man. I wish this yeah. was back in the day. It wouldn't have taken me so long. Do you feel like you had a choice? You know, you, you got arrested at the age of uh, 15. Do you feel like you had a choice or was your environment always influencing you? man, we always have a choice. You know, it's what I teach my kids today. That, you know, there's two things we control, two things we for sure control, even though we act like we don't a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to get this with people holding the mirror up to me before I really got it. We control our attitude and we control our actions. Okay. I can't control what you do, man. I can't control what the police do that, you know, my, my teacher does, my parents do. I can't control, you know, racist idiots. I can't, con you know, I can't control all this other stuff. I, I don't have any control, but I can control how I choose to respond to it. Do I give it power or not? You know, that, that was a big thing. So attitude and actions were the two things uh -huh. I can control. So I, I had a choice when I, and I, you know, I kind of joke around about the day I was arrested, arrested as a 15 year old kid because I didn't go in there with the intention to rob the movie theater. I was just, I was doing what I did best at a fit as fit, at 15 years old. I was disrupting the place. And when they asked me to leave, I said, well, I'll leave, but I want my money back. He said, read your ticket stub. It says no refunds. What he didn't realize is I had already sewed a towel into, into the back of my starter jacket that represented the colors of my neighborhood. Uh -huh. and I said, well, in that case, give me everybody's money back. And that, you know, so again, it was their fault they got robbed. <laughs> that, that was my <laughs> I, it, Like, it's your own fault. You should get my money back. Funny now, not funny, you know, back then when I was going through that whole process. But I had a choice. I had a choice. I could have just walked out. I, I deserved to be kicked out. I should have just, I should have just rolled out, went and disrupted somewhere else, you know, because that's what I would have did. 
And, but I had a choice and I re, I reacted in a negative way and it cost me my freedom in, in a lot of, a lot of time. So let's, let's rewind before 15 years old. Um, how was your beginning of your teenage years? You know, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, I grew up mainly with my dad. My mom, my mom was, you know, doing her thing. So she would pop in and, and pop out. My dad was a steel worker. He worked for a company called A.L. Smith, and he was determined to get us out of the neighborhood that we lived in. There weren't a lot of kids that looked like me in the neighborhood, which, which was fine. It didn't, I didn't, it, it didn't mean anything to me at that, that point. Uh, looking back, I can tell it shaped a lot of the decisions I make today for sure. But the, the deal was uh, my dad got hurt at work uh, when I was, I don't know how old I was, 12 or 13. And um, he ended up in, in intensive care for a year. So at that point, there was no there was no supervision anymore. My dad's in the hospital. People would come and go, uncles. You know, people would try, but they, you know, we ran we ran wild in the streets. We had we had no um, no supervision, and we did what we wanted to do basically. And and we had no respect for authority. There really wasn't any authority. When my dad when my dad was around, you know, he worked and he went to the bar. He worked and he went to the bar. That was kind of his life. That's what he knew. Wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad man by any means. He wanted us out of that neighborhood, and the, the job literally cost him blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, he he almost lost his life. And I remember later on when he finally gets out of the hospital, you know, for another year, maybe two, an ambulance would take him back and forth to work. He rolled on a wheelchair that you lay flat on your stomach with your legs all the way out. So picture a long wheelchair, and he would roll it like, you know, down on his stomach. Wow. And what can you do, man? You can't control two crazy ass teenage boys, you know, when, when that's your, your setup. And, and by then things were already, you know, had, had gone off the deep. And I got a letter from my mom the other day, which is interesting. And she, she talked about, you know, when she would try to come around, you know, the problem was my brother and I were so wrapped up in drugs and gangs and all that, all the stuff in our, in our environment that nobody could get through to us. And unfortunately, I lost my sister. You know, she died from a heroin overdose when she was 21 years old. My brother is still, he's still, he's trying to find his way. He's two years younger than me. He looks like he's 20 years older than me. He's been addicted to, to heroin. Uh, I just heard recently, though, that, that he got off. Now, I don't know. He's been off before, but that, it's a, that's a, it's a tough situation to kick forever. So we'll see, man. I've interviewed someone who was arrested for drugs how do you overcome drug addiction especially when you've been doing it for so long especially when you don't have the parental guidance in your life man you know for me i traded one addiction for a new addiction uh -huh. my, my new addiction became entrepreneurship that i went after becoming an entrepreneur because think about it like this when i was when i was smoking cocaine i didn't miss a night you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, every single night of the week. It wasn't like I said, well, I don't have any money. It's Wednesday night. I think I'll take a night off. No, no. I, the power of the mind, because I needed that. You know, I didn't admit I needed it, but I, I needed it. I figured out a way to get money. I did a lot of things I wasn't proud of. I, you know, burglarized houses. I did all kinds of different things. There was no way I was not getting high. So imagine, that's why I tell people all the time, if you come from that kind of environment, then you have an advantage over most people when it comes to building a business because I use that same relentless pursuit to feed this demon. Now I was using it. I was taking that same energy and putting it into something positive to build a business. And that's, and I think in a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's why I ended up you know, making tens of millions of dollars mm -hmm. because I didn't even, all I knew was this is where I got to be. 
and I had to keep I had to keep these blinders on. I mean, I couldn't hang out with the same people. I couldn't be in that same. I had one foot in the hood, one foot in a book. Then I realized, man, I got to put blinders. On. I got to block everybody out. If I'm going to go to the top, if I'm going to get done what I say I'm going to get done, I can't give lip service to it. I can't be, you know, partying over here with my friends. I gave up everything, man. So I just had a, I just, again, I traded one addiction for a new addiction. Unfortunately, my brother didn't do that, and my sister didn't do that. So I was, you know, one out of three that, uh, you know, was able to do that. You know, so circumstances can be different, even coming from the same household. And, and my mentality was like, I got to get out of here. I have to change these circumstances and I will do by any means necessary and, and but by that point though I'd already realized that breaking the law was no longer part of the any means necessary mm-hmm. how do you find mentors because I see a lot of your posts that you mentioned that mentors is extremely important especially if you want to succeed in life whether it is your parents your older siblings your uncles aunts, whoever it is how do you find a mentor if you not raised in a good environment or don't have that parental guidance? Well, here's what you got to do. The, the, people are always hitting me up for mentorship. And I have to, I have to explain to them mm-hmm. that it, it's an exchange of value. So if I mentor you, for example, what's, what's in it for me? You're going to find that a lot of people that, that could mentor you and would be great mentors, they can't mentor you because there's a value for their time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they already have commitments to family, to stuff that's already going on. So when they're getting hit for the people to mentor them, a lot of times it just never happens. A lot of times they don't even respond back. Mm-hmm. I respond back to people and tell them, look, there's, there has to be a value exchange. And I didn't realize this in the early stage. I, just, I always thought, man, if, if they would just show me what to do, I'll go out and crush it. The challenge is most people, even if you show them what to do, they're not going to do it. And so most successful people realize that, that people want the information. But then when you show them and that I look right behind your wall, it says work hard. Once you tell them that dirty four-letter word called work and you add hard, <laughs> now all of a sudden they're like, oh, shoot, you actually – there wasn't any magical secret. What I had was – so for me, I got involved – all my mentors in the early stages were books. Uh-huh. They were – you know, I was listening to – you know, I'm aging myself, but cassette tapes, you know, audios, VHS tapes. Again, we didn't have YouTube. I, I, still, I still remember the VHS tapes and the audio tapes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. But that's what we had. That's, yeah. that, those were my mentors. I would listen to it in my car. I would, you know, I would turn off NWA. I would turn off the Ghetto Boys, and I would put in you know, Jim Rohn. I would put in Tony Robbins. I would put in Zig Ziglar. And I was, I was reprogramming my mind because I had to push out the old programming and get some new programming in. And then eventually – because that information, once it becomes part of you, the, the world started to open up. I mean, all of a sudden I would find myself around certain people. And I would, I would just be in the background listening, man. I remember one time one of my mentors, who became my mentor later on, they were at a bar. And I, I don't know if he knows to this day. I stood right behind. I wasn't in their circle. They didn't know who I was. I stood right behind them at the bar. And I was listening to their conversation, you know, thinking I could pick something up. Later on, we ended up in business together, which is so funny. Um, <laughs> But that, and then, then I got involved in network marketing, which is where Jim Rohn became my mentor because Jim Rohn, the reason why wow. he would mentor me personally is because he had an opportunity to earn an override from what I did. So it was, it was perfect. We had, it was a win-win situation for both of us. I would learn from one of the greatest, you know, philosophers of all time. And he would earn an override if I did well, he would earn income. So the value exchange was very clear. It was very simple. It's crazy. And I, learned, I learned so much in that time frame. Tony Robbins uh, was mentored by Jim Rohn too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. 
let's go back to uh, let's go forward to your turning point. And so your turning points were 15, 17, and 24 years old. What happened at 24 years old where you said enough is enough? That was uh, that was the final time I that was the last time I was arrested. I'm a, mm-hmm. now I'm supposed to be a grown man. When the police the police were taking me out of my home. And at this point, I have a, a two-year-old daughter, my, my daughter Lauren today, incredible kid, uh, grown, grown kid today, woman now. Um, but she was two years old. And I'll never forget, as I was, I was handcuffed, my hands around my back, and they're taking me out of the house. My daughter's freaking out, crying. She doesn't know exactly what's going on. She's two years old. But I, as I was leaving the house, her and I crossed eyes, you know, locked eyes. Couldn't have been more than a second or two, but it seemed like forever. And so when I was sitting on that bullpen floor in Milwaukee County Jail, it was what Dave had told me in drug rehab when I was 17, that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I found out later on it wasn't just about money. It was about information. But sitting on that floor, her crying, her upset, and then that quote, those two things just kept playing, playing, playing. I couldn't get to court for four days, so it was a miserable experience. Again, I had stitches in my head, fresh from you know an altercation I had with the police inside of my cell at the 6th District Police Station. And so I was miserable, man. I, and I didn't want to live like this anymore. I didn't want to live like this anymore. So I tell people the first thing, you've got to make a decision. So I made a decision on that bullpen floor. I, number one, I would not be arrested again. Number two, I would dive into personal development. I would figure out what the, these people are doing. That is, why is it that so many have so little and so few have so much? Well, I figured out there's a recipe. There's a formula. So I just got to figure out this formula. And I'm going to figure out for first, you know, back then it was, give me a book, get me, get me a book, give me a book. If another man wrote a book, took the time to write a book about what he did to get successful, I could shorten my learning curve by reading that book. I hated reading. I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. You know, it was like, it, I, but I knew that this was going to be my path out. It was information. I never thought school because I, I, I got ADD and four other conditions. I can't sit in a classroom and be talked at because then I become disruptive. I, you know, I, I leave, I, I check out. I need, a, I need another way. And entrepreneurship, a lot, and I, today, you know, man, you guys got tools available to you that. YouTube, no Audible, oh. podcast, everything. Man, you guys got so much. That's why I'm back in the game, bro. I, I was out for the longest time and I said, this is the golden era. You got, you got uh, women, you got minorities, you got people coming up that have never come up before that have the ability to do it no matter what your background is, what you look like. doesn't matter what they labeled you as. Today, it makes no difference. There's a whole nother place for you to take that energy and put it into an outlet to change people's lives. You know, again, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, it's think and grow rich, not get a job and grow rich, not go to school and grow rich. It's think. And if you have the ability to think, then you have the ability to become rich. You have the ability to change people's lives. So we constantly look for solutions to people's problems. And, and, and you know, I've had so many companies, man, from I've had nightclubs, I've had restaurants, I've had publishing companies, mixed martial arts, cage fighting, production companies. Real estate, I mean, I've done, I've had so many failures, but I tell people all the time, you only need a couple of breakthroughs, man. You only need a couple of wins and it can set you up for the rest of your life. And on top of that, what you learn in that process makes you so valuable in the marketplace. You get this right and everything else kind of you know, falls in place. But that, that was the, that was a journey. And it's funny. I'll just tell you one thing when I, so people don't get this, this impression. I left jail and became a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. I left jail my first year as a full-time entrepreneur, I only, I only made $4,000. So nobody's thinking John Malott, you know, I'm still rolling in my Pontiac 2000, two-tone, one-tone rust, one-tone dirt, 
People are laughing around the dinner table. You rich yet? I'm like, are you rich, man? You've been on the same job for 25 years. You know, at least I'm doing something to change my shit. And, uh-huh. and that, was, that was what was happening. I was being ridiculed and laughed, but I was determined. But well, watch this. The second year as a full-time entrepreneur, I made 16000 Now, that's not a, you know, nobody's saying 16000 a lot of money for the year. But 4000 to 16000 I caught on the percentage of growth. If I could do that again and again, so what happened by the seventh year, I made $116,000. It was the eighth year, 220, over almost $225,000. And then from there, a million. Then we you know, crushed two million a year, quarter million dollar a month of residual income. Nobody was laughing anymore. The same people that were laughing, they're showing up hands, look like cups. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, and they were always like, we had your back the whole time. They're like, I mean, I'm like, yeah, you are a liar, man. You guys were the biggest obstacles in my path laughed all the time and all of a sudden they're all like cool but i don't i don't stress about that you know what i'm saying uh-huh. people that may be against you now will turn you just you know in a lot of cases in my case i had to prove myself i had burned a lot of bridges during those early stages so i can't blame a lot of people that didn't believe didn't think it would happen but you know think, things change and you but it, it took seven years now i think i think we can shorten that learning curve down because we have tools we have you know we have zoom man we can talk all over the world I mean, we built a company, a, a skincare company, had 327,000 affiliates in eight countries wow. doing over $220 million a year in revenue. We had tools to communicate with them that didn't even exist five years prior to that. You know, I, I, you know it was, it's a different time, man. You can build a global business and have a six-second, you know, commute to your spare bedroom office today and, and, and crush it. Different times. What do you think is the first step if someone wants to build a business? I think the first step is always you got to you got to set goals. And this is this I think you'll get tired of hearing it, but mm-hmm. you know, for me, I have I write it down. I write down what where do I want to be? I, I write it down. Of course, I got a vision board. And I love all I love the visual stuff, but I like to take the goal. Then you reverse engineer from that goal. In other words, what I caught on very quickly is I knew what you can look at your results right now, right? Like you can look at your results. You know what results you're getting. A lot of people lie about their results. They post pictures of themselves next to Lamborghinis on Instagram. And, and they, I think some people start to believe their own hype. They believe their own hype. It's all BS. It's not real. It's, you know, fake facades. We could break with a rubber hammer. But when you really dig deep and say, okay, who am I really? What am I really? Where am I really? What are my true results? Not the shit I put out, excuse my language, not the stuff I put out, you know, on Instagram for show, but, but the real deal. And if you, you look at that result, then you work backwards from that result. How'd you get that result? Well, it came from your actions or your behavior. Your behavior came from your attitude. Your attitude came from ex- expectations. Your expectations came from your beliefs. Your beliefs came from your thoughts. So if I want to change my results, guess what I got to do? I got to work all the way. I got to reverse engineer it, identify all these things, get right back to my thinking. So for a lot of people that are negative, they're blaming you know the world for their problems. We got we to gotta reprogram this. For me... That's why it took so long. I had to reprogram this because I blamed the, the police. I blamed the schools. I blamed my dad. I blamed my mom. I had everybody, everybody around me I blamed. So I had a, I had a, my, and my mentor held the mirror up and said, bro, this is you. You made the appointment to be here. It ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. You can talk about them all day long, but until you get your act together, until you change this thinking, your results are not going to change. So we're out, you know, we're always trying to change other people and, and change society. I figured out man, I got to change myself first, maybe change my house. Then I could change my neighborhood, maybe change the city. Who knows where I can go from there? But so I think the first step is write down exactly where you want to be. 
because then you can take that goal. I don't know. Maybe you want a big house. Maybe you want a room full of cash. Okay. Well, let's, let's reverse engineer that. How do you do it? How, what, okay. How, what is that room full of cash? How much is that exactly? Give me a, give me a number. Cause then I can figure out, okay, then I can break it down. This is what it takes. You want a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, I know that's $8,333 per month. I can start to figure out, okay, I can break it down by the week and break it down by the day. Okay. Now we need to figure out what is your brand, your brand, you know, if your branding is right, branding equals authority, authority equals power, power equals access, and access equals wealth. So we can work through this whole process. Again, if I want wealth, I can work backwards. Well, I need access. Okay, how do I get access? Well, I got to have some power. People got to think I'm something. How do I get power? Well, I got to be an authority in something. Now you guys are creating ebooks and, and content and things that, that give you authority. And if you stay in your lane long enough, it's just a matter of, I used to say stay strong enough long enough because most people will quit right on the 99 yard line, man, they're about to get there. And then somebody says something, somebody does something. And now they got, and then when they come back, cause they'll inevitably come back, they got to start all over again, all that Absolutely. momentum lost. So I just was too stupid to quit, man. Every single day I did something towards my business, no matter what, no matter what the weather, no matter who was talking crazy, it didn't matter. Every day I did something towards my goals. And eventually people started, you know, they, they'll say, then they're going to say, bro, you got lucky. I'm like, yeah, well, while you were at the club, while you were at the beach, <laughs> I was doing that the thing. That is so true. That is so true. And you know what? You you brought up a good point where the reverse engineering, because I got that advice, I think eight years ago. I just made a video about this, ironically, um, where most people, they make goals going forward. But instead, you should make goals going backwards. Like you said, reverse engineer. Make a long-term goal. Where do you want to be uh, 10, 20 years from now? And make a checklist of everything you need to do to accomplish those goals. Let's, let's talk about the differences between self-education and formal education. What do you think the difference is? Because you dropped out of high school, what, at 16, 17 years old? Yeah, it was, uh, well, basically what happened, I got, I got incarcerated at 15. So, and then they had, a, they had a program to go to high school in the juvenile detention facility, but it was an optional deal. I opted not to go, so that was pretty, pretty much the end for me. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend people going to college? Yeah, if you want to become a doctor, go. Yeah, definitely. You should go to college, man. I don't want you working on my brain. I don't want you working on my heart without some type of formal education. So when it comes to specific type education, man, for sure, get some formal education. But, you know, business degree is kind of laughable to me. You know, it's what's funny because it's like the health professor who's unhealthy teaching you shit. The, the business professor who's never owned a business. You know, it's like you're, you're, what's being taught is how to go to work for somebody who's going to open up a business. Today, a lot of this stuff is irrelevant. They're teaching out of textbooks that were written five years ago, which now five years doesn't seem like that long. That's a long time in business. Marketing, going to school for marketing, are you kidding me? We got 18-year-olds that are brilliant marketers <laughs> today. You know, they, they're figuring this stuff out. We got click funnels. We got from, I mean, there's so much stuff you can do. But yeah, when it comes to specifics, so you got to figure out, evaluate, what do you want to be? You know, mm-hmm. again. You know, if you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to have to know the law. So, I, again, formal education is going to be important if that's what you want to do. You know, I think today, if you're looking, you know, to carve out a great life, you're looking to be successful, you're looking to, you know, bring in some money, I don't know that's that, that necessary. You know, again, keep in mind, college is big business. It's a big, big, big business. That's a money-making machine. And, again, I'm not against that at all. I'm just saying that what I, what I like about it, and I didn't go, I went to some of the parties. But, but what I like about college is it does show your commitment to a process. It does show 
It doesn't mean you're, you're something special. It doesn't mean you're better than anybody. It just means that you committed to four years or six or whatever it is, you know. I, I, I like that because it's a way to show that somebody actually had the fortitude to stick to something long enough. Because today, people are all over the place, especially young people. They're on the one thing. They're on the next thing. You remember, you remember the movie Up with uh, the squirrel? Like, yeah. you know, squirrel, you know, the, we're, we're all over the damn place. And I know because I got ADD and, like I said, four other conditions. So I, I do the same stuff. But if you can stay committed, because to become a great entrepreneur, you're going to have to focus in on something, you know, to, to have success. Absolutely. And I remember when I was in college, I mean, like you said, I, I went to college for business, completely useless. But what was useful was I used to, I used to lack confidence, which is the reason why I started Teenage Impact Podcast. I was bullied for 15 years. So lack confidence and I joined a fraternity and with the fraternity, what we had to do is throw events. We had to recruit and a fraternity is built like a business uh, organization. There's marketing, there's everyone has their own roles and what they're good at. And so that not only built up my confidence, but also taught me the skills that I use in entrepreneurship right now. See, that's the thing. I, I was talking to my wife, you know, she's got a college degree too. And the other day she says, I don't, I can't tell you anything <laughs> from college. <laughs> but when I, when we do talk like the networking, the mm -hmm. relationships, all that stuff is valuable, man. Think about like the people that are running our country. They go to these prestigious schools. What are they, what are they really getting there? They're getting connected. They're connecting, they're getting access. So I, I like I like that environment for that type of thing, for the events, for the socializing, the networks, the possibilities of locking arms with somebody just that's like-minded. Look, you look at a, some, a lot of our billionaires, you hear the stories, they went to college, they met in the dorm, they created something and it became a billion dollar enterprise, you know? <laughs> so so there's a lot of, there's, there's a, you know, we should think about that too. So I'm not, I don't, I don't knock it. I didn't go. So I, you know, I, I can't, you know, say you, sh anybody should go or shouldn't go. I'm just saying there, Whatever you do, get something from it. Use that experience to grow you. Don't just go there because I'm going to party every single night and, you know, and then cram the night before the test and just barely make it out. Just go there and get it all, man. Get the environment. Get the networking. Get the relationships. Come out of there with a serious plan that you're going to go smash it. Uh -huh. And then maybe own, you know, I like the owner's mentality. If I'm going to go there to get a skill, let's say I'm going to go to get a skill to be a lawyer. I would use that law degree to open up my own law firm. If I'm going to go to school to become a, I don't know, a mortician, I'm going to go open up my own funeral home. I, I, why not take that information and use it to empower yourself and equip yourself to go do something? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. What principle, what principles in life do you abide by right now? Man, I got a lot of my, the big one for me is find one of the principles I, I, I adhere to find someone that has what you want find out what they did to get that thing and then do exactly what they did until you get it. Not until it gets tough, not until, you know, someone tells you it's a scam and you quit, you do it until it's done. That that's one of the, one of the, the big ones that I live by. I live by the principle, you know, I have another tattoo that says ego is the enemy. I have a, I have it right where I write, where I sign stuff to always remind me because I let my ego get in the way several times. I had a mentor that said, when you forget where you came from, you're on your way back. And he said, your ego's out of control, man. Nobody's, nobody likes you. And, uh, and that, that hit home, man. And I, you know, it's like I only made like $14,000 that month. And I thought I was the deal. Man. You couldn't even talk to me. I was like, man, I, I walked on water, glowed in the dark, you know, in my own mind. But I was an idiot. I was a jerk. My ego was out of control. My head was way too big. And I had, you know, multimillionaires, millionaires smack me down. Thank God that back then, you could tell people the truth and they would actually listen. 
Today, you can't tell. So I, I, I always tell people I'm mentoring. I'm saying, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear or do you want the truth? Because the truth might hurt you. And people are very fragile today. If they get hurt, now they're mad at you. If they feel any kind of pain, if any, it's, a, it's a different time. Back then, man, my, mentors, my mentor would hang up on me. He's like, he's like <laughs> bro, I, I don't have time to waste. If you're not going to listen, don't call me back. And that would be the end of it. And it would take me two weeks to get him back on the phone. If you do that now, they're going to put you on blast on social media that you're the worst, terrible, you know, you, you know, blah, blah, all crybaby stuff. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, I live by, you know, thicken up your skin, man. You cannot become, I hear kids all the time, so I'm going to be a billionaire. Well, you know, I just saw you crying on your last post and putting down a whole group of people in your last post. Good luck getting there because, you know, you, you got to thicken up your skin, man. You got to toughen up in this world. This world is not playing right now. It's brutal. And if you're, if you're crying every time, you know, a little thing happens to you, if you get, you know, stub your toe and you talk about it for the next two weeks, man, it's a long way to a million, much less a billion. Uh, you know, a good way I would say to toughen up real quick. I, I right after I graduated, I did door to door sales. Uh, 60 hours a week, they would, they would drop you off oh. in a random neighborhood, assign you a territory from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. You would just knock on doors. So the only way to eat and the only way to um, use a bathroom <laughs> is to be in the person's home selling. <laughs> that, dude, that is brutal, man. That is brutal. I yeah. get that. That's why I tell people, do, do something like that, man. Go out there and take, take your lumps. I tell people all the time, even like network marketing, you want to learn business skills and you don't want to put up a bunch of money doing it. I learned leadership. I learned team building. I learned branding. I learned marketing. I learned sales. I learned how to thicken my skin because half the world was like, oh, network marketing, pyramid scheme, it's whatever. They don't know what they're talking about, but it's because failures tend to stick together and they tend to perpetuate lies. And, and it was, it was the most pure way of, of doing business. It was a great way. If you, if you did the work, you would get paid, but you had to go like, you, you know, I don't know how many doors you got to knock on before you got one person that said, Hey, I'll listen. And then how many doors you got to knock on before you get one person that says, okay, not only will I listen, but now I'm going to buy. Most people won't do it. They think they're just going to build a click funnel and they got, you know, they're going to, I don't know, make a tea or, or something and they're going to go crush it. And then, they, then it doesn't work. They spend a bunch of money on ads on social media and they're scratching it. Why it doesn't work? Well, it doesn't work because life demands a payment. You know, you got to pay the price. There's a process for this stuff. Of course, some people get lucky. We Vanilla Ice, he had, a, he had a big hit. Ice, Ice Baby. One hit wonders, man. They are everywhere. And you don't want to be a one hit wonder. You want to be someone that's got the principles, that's got the mentality, that's got the attitude, that's got the, you know, the fortitude to go out there and crush it and then do it for a long period of time. And that, I love that you went door to door, man. That's, that's a whole nother level of, uh, you know, <laughs> pain. You know, in high school, a lot of people look down on uh, sales. It's unbelievable. It's, it's like people do sales because they don't have any direction in life. And that, that really, back then, I used to believe that. Um, but it really bothers me that parents or teachers tell their kids not to do sales. Like, why are you doing sales? Because sales is really going to teach you the fundamental skills of life. I think everything is sales. Whether or not you want to own a business, I think communicating with your kids is sales. Communicating with uh, your teammate or people that, that report to you is sales. Everything is sales in life. Bro, I had a mentor that said, you're either being sold or you're selling. You make a decision. You're either, you're either going to be a capitalist or a consumer. Uh -huh. And in the end, there has to be a transaction. Look, even if you're a teacher, 
Well, somebody is selling someone on the college. You know what I'm saying? You know, somebody doesn't matter. A lot of people that say they're not in sales, the IT person who's you know, using his mind to create that stuff. Well, somebody has to sell the product that you're creating in order for you to get a check. Almost, it's very difficult to show me an area where a sale or some exchange, because there's an exchange of money that has to happen for either exchange of value for the service or that product. Somebody's on the front lines taking those arrows, taking those hits. Look, the, I, I had a mentor talk about like, you take, take Apple, for example. Apple, I mean, what, a, what an amazing, one of the largest cap companies in, in the world right now. Apple, well, whoever makes the products, they got to be brilliant, smart people. They should go to school probably. I went to school to figure out how to make the stuff. I, I have no idea. Brilliant people. But you know where the money, the big money's made? It's in the distribution. It's in Apple's marketing. It's in Apple's ability for us to, to convince us that we should take our harder money and buy their expensive products and get involved in their ecosystem. That's called marketing. That's called sales. That's called branding. If you don't get that down today, you're always going to be working paycheck to paycheck for somebody else who's got a frontline organization of marketers and salespeople that drive all of the revenue. And in the end, they take the first piece of that. And then you get what's left over. You're never going to be paid what you're worth in that environment. Again, I'm not taking it away. We need IT professionals. We need those people to make this whole thing work. Everybody cannot be an entrepreneur. It's impossible. A lot of people want to be, but not everybody is cut out for it because you know, one of, like you got those signs behind you. I love that. I love those quotes they put on that stuff. What do entrepreneurs do? We, we don't work nine to five. We don't put in 40 hours a week. You know, we'll put in, you know, double that and make nothing in the beginning sometimes. Most people are not cut out for that type of thing. And to go door to door, I, I mean, I was, I, I started in, in, in I suck. after, <laughs> it sucks, man. Yeah. But you figure out, you start to figure out, you yeah. sharpen up your game, you, you evaluate your processes, you start to reverse engineer. Okay, well, that didn't work. Let me, let me look at what could work and you, you adjust and you move forward. We should be doing that as human beings every day. Unfortunately, 2020 feels like we went backwards a little bit. We, we need to reverse engineer how the heck we got here, which is pretty simple to do, and then start making better decisions going yeah. into uh, 2021. Uh -huh. Just a couple more questions. Uh, second yeah. to last question. Someone right now is going through some type of rough time, especially, you know, the whole coronavirus going on. A lot of, stuff on social media, people are feeling down, mental health is, um, is taking a toll on their mental health. What can someone do to overcome that right now? Man, I'm telling for me, I can only speak for me because I've been there, man. I've been down, out, depression, you know, frustration. Yeah, just, I, I, I don't want to take myself back there. What, well, I'll tell you what I do, personal development. Mm -hmm. uh, again, getting, it's the mind, man. The mind is playing tricks on us. And then, look, and if you, if, get off the TV, like I was taught, don't watch the news at night. Don't open up your mail at night. I don't deal with, don't do anything that's going to put negative stuff in your mind before you go to sleep because your subconscious is working out the plans. The subconscious is taking the stuff from, you know, the universe and figuring out how to take the stuff that you believe and turn it into reality. It's like, I just saw this thing. You know, we see a lot of these posts right now. I can't breathe. And they're selling mm -hmm. t-shirts. Oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's it, it, it that kind of stuff repeated over and over is telling your subconscious a certain thing. And the mind is crazy, man. I don't, I don't have all the answers for all this stuff, but I can tell you this. If you keep repeating something over and over and over, it becomes your reality. If you keep if you tell yourself, look, uh, I'm a magnet for money. And I did this for the longest time. I did this for years and years. I had a whole affirmation thing I did over and over. Uh, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I'm a magnet for money. I would have trouble sleeping at night because I was broke. I didn't know how the bills were going to be paid. People were coming after me. 
I had to tell myself to get to sleep, I would meditate on all these positive things. I'd have to get rid of every, if you were negative and you were around me, I couldn't have you in my circle because you were messing up the programming. I'm trying to change, I have to change this crate mic because my dad messed up my programming. My teacher messed up my program. The school's messed being locked up messed up my program. That's a whole different environment in there. All this is negativity, negativity, because we're not rehabilitating anybody. We're creating better criminals coming out of these environments. So, so I'm telling you, if you're down and out, you've got to find a way to work on your head because it's your head that's got you down. Because think about it, even in our country, even the poorest of the poor are better off than people in Cambodia. There are people in other, these other parts of the world. I'm talking to my buddy, and he's telling me about in, in, in parts of Haiti, Matter of fact, these kind of places are everywhere. They don't have stimulus plans. Nobody got a check when the, the coronavirus came. And some of them in some countries were told they couldn't leave their house or they'd be subject to being shot. So you don't have a check from the government. You don't, you're not sure where the food's going to come. And now you can't be outside. Think about the blessings even the poorest of the poor have here. We got people that are we're making more money under the coronavirus, you know, from unemployment checks and and stimulus, not everybody. I don't, I don't take any government money because here's what I teach my kids. As soon as you take money from somebody, that person has control over you. It's like my, my kids ask me for money. I let them know as long as you're in my pockets, I will have control. I will continue to give you direction, guidance, and advice. I will continue to tell you what you should do. The day you can sustain yourself by yourself, then I'm out of it. That's on you. And I see people all the time that want the government to give them more money. They want people to give them more money. No, no. If I give you money, look, if you get money from me, I'm going to tell you, this is what you do. This is how you live. Because now, because you're under my, my wing, you're under my roof. I don't take money from the government because I don't want the government telling me how I'm supposed to live my life, what I'm supposed to do. You can keep your stimulus check. I'll make my own stimulus check. You know what I'm saying? We got to change the mentality of what are we looking for? Am I looking, am I looking for my happiness? Am I looking for my future outside of myself or from inside? Once you can conquer the inside, you conquer this up here, you automatically conquer the world because now you don't you don't sacrifice your integrity, your morals. You can speak. You can look somebody in the eye and with clarity and conviction. You know who you are. I don't need your money. I know where I'm going with or without you. I can care less about all that stuff. It's just a matter of time, and you keep focusing on this. So I'm telling you, affirmations, personal development. Get some stuff by Jim Rohn. Get listen to you know some of you know. There's a lot of gurus on Instagram. I'm not a, a thousand percent sold on, but but all of them have something we can learn from. Whether it's what not to do or what to do, we have so much information. Turn off all the crap. If you turn on the media right now, man, it looks like we all hate each other. The world sucks. We're all going to yeah. die. That's not, look, there's a lot of good happening that, that we don't get to see. And, and the world will continue on. We will continue to press forward and then we can make positive change. But let's do it out of our heart, not out of, you know, how, how empty my bank account is or what that's going to look like down the road. Let's, let's speak because of what's right. Not because of what, you know, what light it might put me into. Does that make sense? You can start doing that. You won't be depressed. You won't be down. But you might still be broke <laughs> financially. Yeah, it makes sense. Like wherever you are right now, whatever negative situation you're going through, you're saying work on your subconscious mind. Because you're, when you work on your subconscious mind, it's going to start to believe that there is positivity in your in your life. There is. You can make money. You can overcome whatever you, you are going through, which leads to my last question. My whole entire brand is based off of resiliency over quickly recovering from any, any difficulty you're going through in life. I have a book coming out based off of 51 interviews I've done. I have an online course based off of how to build resiliency. And all my interviews is based off people overcoming struggles. John, what does resiliency mean to you? 
<laughs> it's funny because on one of my arms, one of my arms, I have resilient <laughs> on one of my <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> Are you so the perfect you say, man? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Yeah, man, resilient is just it's you stay in the game no matter what, man. Uh -huh. It's like you ever been to a you ever been to a sports game like a basketball game and your team is way way down and you start seeing people leaving you start people you know they're leaving there's still plenty of time but the people and the, the fans are already leaving they've already given up imagine if the basketball team did that you know said oh we're down they just walked off the court i mean we would never come back to a game again so when you, if you're a spectator then you don't have to have resiliency if you're a fan you don't have to have resiliency but if you're playing the game if you're serious about the game and you got to have the kind of resilience that says, man, I, I'm, I've been knocked down 50 times, man. It's like, you know, me, zero, the world, 50. But you say, you know what? Here comes 51. Here comes 52. It'll be 100. I used to tell people all the time, you're going to find me at the top of this mountain or you will find me dead on the side trying to get there. There's no, there's no other alternative. There's no in-between. Going back is not an option. So resiliency just simply says, like, I'm going to, I'm pressing on regardless. And, it, and I also tell people, I've been telling people this forever, come with me, don't come with me, that's on you. I'm going either way. I'm, as a leader, I've always got my eyes toward the prize. I'm always heading that way, but my, my hand is always out. My hand is always out behind me. You can grab my hand if you want, but I can't be looking back. That's going to slow me down. I can't take the whole team and circle back around and jump in the negativity hole with you and the pity party with you. Because I, my responsibility as a leader is to show that it can be done. Because if another man or another woman can do it, then guess what? You can do it. I can do it. We, all, we just need the formula. And I got the plan. Stay with me. Unfortunately, if you want to cut the path, you know, with the machete that's not there, that's on you. But if you want to get on my path that we've already cut the path, follow the lead. Keep going. It's a matter of time. Black, white, brown, yellow, what it makes no difference. We, like, again, I, I, do, I do know that if you're black, if you're brown, you're going to have to work harder than I had to work. Not, not, that, not that my struggle was any, you know, I'm not taking away from my struggle by saying that your struggle is going to be more than mine. It just is. You, got, you have different obstacles that you're going to have to get through that I don't have to get through. But if you know that up front, then who cares? All right, you know you can do it because there's been another black person, there's been another brown person, another yellow person, another white person that did it. So therefore, you can too. But get around the people that have your solution, not your problems. You're around a whole bunch of people saying we're never going to make it we're never going to make it we can't do this we can't do that well that's kind of what's going to happen but get around an environment that says look i don't care the color of your skin come over here i got a mentoring program you want to get in my mentoring program matter of fact, i'm going to have uh you ever you ever see the movie friday with uh, ice cube and wow who else been, anyhow but ice yeah, cube I forgot, and, a long time ago long yeah but, but debo you know the debo with the bike yeah. stealing the bike i got tommy lister he's been in 300 movies one of my one of my good brothers uh, one of my great friends, I'm going to have him on my mentoring call this Wednesday night. You know, I'm always putting these people in front of people to say, here's a, here's an African-American male who's been in 300 movies. A lot of them you've seen, uh, <laughs> lots of them. And I'm going to have him on my mentoring call I do every Wednesday night. And I'm telling if you're if you're a teenager, get on my call for free. All you, you know, text the word um, wealth to 85775. And you're you're free. Get on my get on all my stuff. I, I want teenagers to get this information so that they're empowered and they're equipped. I don't want your money. You go make money, and then one day say that guy John Mallott contributed in some form or another. Maybe I'm maybe that's my ego working. I don't know. But get on every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific. I do this. If you text the word wealth to eight five seven seven five, you know I'll put you on for free. 
Awesome. And, and that's how people can find you. And um, where else can people find you right now? Probably the best way, best place to find me is Instagram. That's where I invest the most time. That's where I'm personally engaged. Or I don't have a team handling that. So I try to get back to everybody. I put most of my content there. So Instagram, it's at John, J-O-H-N dot Malat, M-A-L-O-T-T. That's one L, two T's, Malat, John dot Malat. I'll also put that in the description along with uh, your text number as well. Thanks so much, John, for doing this. I, I, I know you actually got back to me pretty quick. I was surprised. I'm like, whoa, he, he got back to me pretty quick. And I really do appreciate your time. It's my pleasure, brother. I, look, I, I got a heart for the, what you're doing uh-huh. is important. We need more people doing it, man. Just show people the way. Show people the way. The frustration will go away. The depression will go away. If people have a purpose, they've got a plan. And if we don't get to, to the young people, we're in trouble, man. You guys, you guys own the world, man. You're, you're going to make decisions when I'm in a nursing home drooling on myself. I'm going to need you to make good decisions, man. <laughs> Great, man. Take care. All right, brother. Thank you. God bless. Wow. All I have to say is wow. John has showed that he can overcome all odds. He went from someone who was addicted to drugs, was arrested, hanging out with the wrong crowd, to now successful entrepreneur mentoring other people on how to become successful. One thing I want you to get out of this podcast interview, one thing is determination. John was determined to do anything possible to overcome his struggles in life. John was determined in life to prove everyone wrong that he can make it as an entrepreneur. John was determined to become a successful entrepreneur. John was determined to learn anything. John was determined to get mentored. And that is John today. John is successful because of his determination, because of his resiliency. And whatever struggle you are going through in life, I don't know. But the number one thing that will propel you in life is resiliency and determination. If things are not going your way, keep going. Don't quit. Because as soon as you quit is when you give life power over you. And you don't want to give up your power. Take control of your power. By continuing on the journey, whatever journey and path you want to go into. Because one day, in 10 to 20 years, you're going to thank yourself. You're going to thank saying, thank you for not giving up. Because everything eventually came and everything clicked. I'm glad you enjoyed this podcast. If, if you do have any questions, feel free to message me on Instagram. Follow me at Shlomo Solson. Take that quiz. It's a fun quiz. And you're going to really know where you stand in your resiliency type. Because the high school sport that you chose, that you're given in the end, really says a lot about someone's character. Not in a good or bad way, but everyone else is unique in their own way. So go ahead and take that quiz. Follow me on Instagram. And until next time, peace.